Welcome to episode four of the Zooch and Wild College Football Podcast. And man, we had a it was a pretty good slate, Zooch. I'm not gonna lie. It, it, it I I had a good time. It was one of those ones where I think none of the matchups really stood out maybe before the week. There was a couple good ones, obviously the Alabama, Texas one, but I, I feel like we got some good football this week. We did. I didn't get to see it. Like sit down and watch a ton of the games because I was at the Boise State game, but I was able to watch a lot of that Colorado game, some of the Old Miss game. I didn't really see any of the Alabama uh, Texas game. Just got like updates through people at the game because there's mm-hmm. not great, so not so great service in uh, the stadium. But yeah, there was a lot of yeah. underrated, I would say, games yeah. that I guess before before we touch on some of the more nationally recognized games you want to you want to give your quick thoughts initial thoughts after the bsu game i mean you being there just a quick little yeah one, i mean it was one minute go, one minute man right here you go into the game hoping that they fix some things and on the first play of the game they have like a 60 yard pass down to our 10 yard line like right over the safeties and you just at that point i was like i didn't think we were gonna win going in and score is a little deceiving i don't know if you saw the highlights of it but i did it was two, two interceptions in the red zone that could have been touchdowns yeah. and it wasn't like a oh it was a battle for the ball it, the second one specifically the man yeah. juggled it like a hot potato and just threw it to our team so you know another game of allowing over 500 point or 500 points 500 yards oh. of offense <laughs> <laughs> another game of the our offense you know Basically, if Jinty scores, we'll be fine. We didn't have yeah, another touchdown. I mean, we just we aren't looking great on offense. Nobody's looking good on offense besides Jinty. No one on defense. Period is looking good. We have a good punter. I, think, I thought DJ. I think DJ Shram has been looking okay. I think he's been making plays to his ability. I don't think. I, I think he plays his ability. There's definitely some speed in the pass game with him. But I think on a Mountain West team, you shouldn't be having to rely on your middle linebacker to make plays in the passing game. Am I wrong? Oh, no, got, no, but but it just they got torched again, basically through the air. You know, it wasn't five hundred yards, or whatever Michael Penix passed for, but it was almost three hundred yards rushing and three hundred yards passing. So it's like I think they had like one hundred and sixty or so more yards than us. So the score looked a lot closer than what the game actually felt like. There was no doubt in my mind that when UCF got the ball back, they were going to go down and score because I'm pretty sure they had punted like one time up until that moment. Yeah. So, 0-2. I mean, I mean we, lost to, we lost to Gus Magoo. Hey, I will say, though, John Reese Plumley, the blue takes no prisoners. He's out for like three weeks now. We obviously wish him the health. And what he like, we wish his health, and we wish that he gets better. I just find it so funny that this the, the guy who torches us all game is pretty much the reason we lose. The quarterback for UCF just like couldn't couldn't handle the astroturf for the whatever concrete slab that they play on in Albertson Stadium. Yeah, it was just the same old, same old. Nothing changed much from week one, other than it was more even and passing and running the torch to the yeah. defense, but. We can move on. They play North Dakota. Yeah. We'll see how that goes. We will see. Is as as you see in your name, if the people watching on the video, afraid of North Dakota. I think that's what a lot of Bronco Nation is feeling right now. But let's actually get to some uh, some good games, or at least some nationally recognized games. Nebraska, oh Texas, Alabama. We're gonna do Texas, Alabama. You surprised me. We're gonna do a little <laughs> SEC ball first. Uh, Quinn Ewers looks legit, man. He cut the mullet off. Maturity. <laughs> See, and I didn't see a ton of – I saw, like, highlights of this game, but I didn't get – it started, I think, at the same time ours did. Maybe the, this it did, yeah. It was, it was the 4.30 – it was, yeah, it was the 4.30 Pacific time, I guess, on the Pacific time. So I didn't see really any of it because there was no service in there. Our game was <clears throat> close in score, so I was, like, paying attention to that. It's, you can't stream anything in the stadium because the signal's so bad. So I didn't really see – you know, I would – See, like, oh, 13 to 6, Texas. And then, correct me if I'm wrong, but didn't Alabama take the lead at one point in the fourth quarter? And then Texas just kind of took control from there. I don't. Or did Alabama never lead? It was, I don't think, you know, 
in the fourth quarter is when I stopped watching because, as we'll get into in, uh later, I walked into the Cal Auburn game, which was a we'll get into that later. <laughs> but yeah, so I only watched the first three quarters and I watched a little bit of the highlights that they showed in the stadium. Uh, I remember the I think the last play I remember watching was that moon ball that Quinn Ewers threw to the Texas <laughs> receiver, <laughs> the absolute moon ball. And I mean, if you're Texas, I, I looked at Texas's schedule. Besides Oklahoma, I don't I don't think they play a ranked team. Maybe K-, K State, but if you're a Texas fan, like and you see a ranked K State, it might as well be unranked. I mean, it is a little bit of the arrogance that Texas has. But I'm looking at their schedule. I think their toughest road game is TCU or like Texas Tech. They will I mean, when you when, when, you, when you look at their that's the game they'll lose. Like last game of the year, you oh, last game of the year, lose. you think that'll blow their. <laughs> <laughs> is it like is it like You're, on Good or Black Friday? Is that what day it's? It's on? the last week of the college football season. Is Texas Tech just, versus Texas in Lubbock? <laughs> I could just see that game being like Black Friday. For some reason, it starts at like ten o'clock at night, and yeah. Quinn Ewers throws like two interceptions in the third quarter. Is that like yeah. that? Texas, <laughs> like Texas Tech takes like a three score lead, and Texas is battling back the whole time and comes up just short at the end of it. I, I could see that happening with Texas. Uh, but, yeah, Texas Texas looked really good. Their offense looked like a playoff offense to me. They looked like they had some explosion. They had that freshman running. But they, they, they got, like, four running backs who could probably start at 95% of the colleges in this country. Uh, on the Alabama side, it's, it's so weird because Alabama's a team that probably has a 50-50 shot at still making, like, a New Year's Six Bowl, like the Peach Bowl or something. And, like – just the standard that Alabama's had over the last decade, like that feels like a drop-off. And yeah. I, I, when you saw with Bryce Young, his teams last year, they had a number one quarterback, the number one overall pick, and they didn't make the playoffs. Now we're seeing them with a quarterback who's not as good as Bryce Young. And I think Jalen Milrow is good. I, I do. I, I think he's better than Ty pick six Buckner that they picked up <laughs> from Notre Dame. I think Jalen Milrow is a great player or can be a great player. I think right now he's just a very good player. But right now they're just very good. And I, I know it sounds so – I know a lot of teams in the country would love to be, oh, I'd, I'd kill to be very good. But when you're Alabama, you're supposed to be elite. And you're used yeah, to being elite. So that's why when you see – especially with Texas and the hype machine. And, oh, speaking of the hype machine, Sark is probably on the kegerator machine pounding cold ones after this one anyway. But – no, I, I think Alabama, they're very good. And it feels so weird to slight a team by calling them very good. But like like I said, when they're used to being elite, very good seems like a two-step drop-off. Oh, it does for them. Because, I mean, how many in the past, if you go back to 2010, we'll say a little over a decade, how many years have they been in the national title or been – one or two plays from being in the national title. They mm-hmm. Saban's won how many there? Six, I think. I think five. No, because he had the Colt McCoy year. He went double McCarron. He went three with AJ McCarron. No, he went double McCarron. They won in against LSU, and then yeah, they so beat Notre Dame. Texas, that year. LSU, Notre Dame. Maybe and they had. Was, then they lost yeah, then, to Auburn. And, the and then my six. favorite national champion, the Jake Coker year. <laughs> the Jake Coker year. And then they had the Tua, the Tua, the, the, the Tua one. And then, yeah, six. They had the Mac Jones COVID. Okay, so, yeah. so they, they won six. And then you had the – I think six. the Jake Coker one should count for two. Jake Coker Jake. winning the national chip. That People in the NFL talk about Trent Dilfer winning a Super Bowl. Imagine if Trent Dilfer's like, backup won a Super Bowl. That's what Jake Coker winning a national championship was like. I just remember he just had so much acne on his chin and he had the Justin Bieber haircut. And this man would only throw like play action posts to like Amari Cooper. That's that's all he threw. Yeah, it worked for him. And like we were saying, so they had he won six and then he had the kick six to Auburn. Mm-hmm. They kept him out of the national title game basically. That could have been a seventh one. And there was another one that they they had the Clemson last-minute touchdown. But, yeah, the Cle- Clemson the, touchdown people say that was their left. best team, too. Some people say that yeah. was their best team. That's the Minka Fitzpatrick, Reuben Foster, Jalen Hurts. Uh, who, who's uh, 
the D line, Allen, Jonathan Allen, I think was, yeah, yeah that, that was like, yeah, they say that was his best team and they lost. Right. So you have, if you look back on them, they have eight, probably more. I'm sure we're forgetting one that uh, a couple seasons that they were a player two from the national title. So you won six in the last 12 years. So one every mm-hmm. two years, you could have played an eight or nine. And to be one and one, and basically you'd have to win out the rest of the year to have a sh- shot at the national title. And you don't really look like you are a team that's going to win. I mean, out. The, the SEC West does look a little weak, though. I mean, uh, the SEC. Brian Kelly's no, they're, not they're in the East. They're are they in the, no? no they're, they're in the West. They're West. Yeah, they're West. So, I, I mean, they could. I mean, I think people are probably writing them off a little bit too early. Like Alabama's lost early in the season before. And mm-hmm. come back and won the national title. That's not. I don't think any team would like. I mean, Michigan. You haven't really seen play anybody all that great. Yeah, they lost. They did lose to Texas, but who you are in week two and who you are at the end of the season can be a drastic difference. So I don't think people should write them off yet. But yeah, I do agree with you that it does kind of feel like another Peach Bowl type season. Well, they'll where they will have 10 or 11 wins, but not be in the playoff, not win the national title, and it'll be kind of, yeah. it will be say, in their minds, okay. Yeah. The last last thing I'll say about that is, God help whoever they have to play in the Peach Bowl. It's going to be some, like, it's going to be like the Big Ten runner-up, like Iowa, and they're going gonna to get the crap kicked out of them. Uh, moving That's on like... to the game that I was most excited to watch for in the morning slate was the Colorado-Nebraska game. And I, I don't know if you guys saw my name earlier, but the, the, the phrase of this game is Jeff Sims needs to stop. He is a domestic terrorist that is hurting Nebraska football wise. He, he is a football terrorist because he is sabotage. He is single-handedly sabotaged this football team. I mean, I was laughing about it with Zeus. Zeus, you texted me and there was a point where Gus Johnson after Jeff Sims throws the pick at the end of the first half and he goes, they need to find a new quarterback. This, this guy's costing them football games. And, there is to see Gus Johnson that mad was just so indicative to how I think every Nebraska fan's feeling. And Jeff Sims, it's it's a guy who was average at Georgia Tech. I think he got stats padded a little bit, playing some bad ACC competition. I think it's just like and, and the part about Jeff Sims is that you see his natural talent, like you see the arm strength. You, you see when he, like the running touchdown he had. He's so athletic. I don't think at this moment in his football career he knows how to read a complex defense. I honestly don't. Uh, yeah, it, some of the throws times he that makes <laughs> blows my mind, and that, that that that's why I think like I, I can't even sit here and say he's bad. Like I, he, he sabotage is the best phrase because sometimes he'll make three good throws in a row, then goes triple coverage, phew, right into a linebacker. It's ridiculous. If if I was a Nebraska fan, I'd be furious. Yeah, they have a – it's going to be interesting to see if they end up benching him because he did not look that good against Minnesota. He definitely didn't look – I mean, there's flashes where he looks good. Like that 70-yard touchdown run, you're like, oh, Jesus, like this guy can move. But two – like he has, what, four or five turnovers in two games? I mean, you can't you can't have that if you're trying to win the game. It's, you know, if he was a freshman, I would somewhat understand it, but the guy's what a graduate senior, I think he's up there. He's, he was at Georgia tech a while. I know that. He so. was. It'll... Well, he, he probably has one more year, but I just don't think, I think Nebraska needs, it's so hard to get, to not be overreactive, especially when it's a long-term haul like Nebraska has. It's so hard right. to not get overreactive, but I think this is an overreactive move I would personally make. I think you need to make – like Jeff Sims is just not – and unless Jeff Sims is the best guy in the locker room, like they'll follow him to death. But if he's just like an average leader, I, I think you need to give someone a shot, even if that means giving like a redshirt freshman reps. Like at, at some point, you're just like, man, we got to build. And Matt Rule's got to get his recruits in playing his system. It's just – oh. I, I'm so glad I'm not a Nebraska fan. I'm wearing the red. Go big red. But I don't know. It's just – it's ridiculous. Uh, Colorado, though, look pretty good. Shadir Sanders. I mean, Heisman. I don't know. I don't he know. Is I do want to see him right play 
I, 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 I will say I will laugh so hard because you know they're gonna drop like 50 points on Colorado State, and then I would, it, it would be so funny because I find humor in these things, like if they beat Oregon and USC, and then the hype trains at like nonstop. And then they lose to like Arizona State in one of those like eight o'clock Pacific time start games in Tempe. Like that just seems like where this, like where that, it's all headed. That's where my disgusting brain goes. It, I mean, yeah, it's the why. The wild thing about it to me is, did you see this coming up week? Game day is there, big noon kickoff is there, yeah. first take is there, and then there's another show that's, uh there they're all there this week and i don't even know where they're gonna find room for all of these shows and i don't i don't understand why the big noon they're there for the there. colorado colorado state game no big no- i thought big noon kickoff was gonna be oh it. yeah big noon was there shout out our boy herb herb but no friend. they're they're going back this week i'm pretty sure i read a tweet that said they're going back this week and it's gonna be at well i know colorado. sometimes colorado state and colorado play at the at the Broncos stadium. So maybe that gives them a little bit more space in Denver uh, rather than the college true, town yeah. of Boulder. But <laughs> who's the coach for Colorado state? Is that one guy who used to be at Jay Norvell? He wears the <laughs> that like, guy, uh... that guy... <laughs> he had this, like the super like tight in the midsection shirts with like the longest sleeves ever. Just like <laughs> well, now always he's... tucked in tight. He wears like the, uh, like if you were to ever see, uh, like movie based in the eighties where the dad comes home and grabs a beer and has been working at like the factory all day. He has like a blue factory <laughs> shirt on and like the white undershirt. That's what he, he always he's wears that. Like he's now. in a backstreet boys video. <laughs> and he's going up against like the most personable coach in college football right now. So it might be a, what do they, I can't think of what they call that game. It's the battle for something. I'm pretty sure, but it might be a long, long day for I think that's the Colorado one where Jane just got <laughs> I think that's one where you just gotta go let's just cover fellas let's just cover <laughs> but let's get to the uh I mean is there anything else you want to say on this game I, I feel like this is just a Colorado shellacking yeah it was Colorado after the first quarter pretty much took over and dominated so well we're going to touch on the last ranked versus ranked game and this is a one, if you're not a college football fan, you wouldn't think this. I mean, these are two well-known programs in the South. And, and Ole Miss is known now nationally with Lane Kishin. Hashtag come to the sip. Uh, that's a free <laughs> shout out for our for Lane, one of my favorite coaches. Um, Tulane. And I, I, what I will say about Tulane, I think if their starter was in, they would have won. It, is, is, is that something that's too bold to say? I don't because think so. It was, I mean, it was Kai I think Horton in, not their starter. Kai Horton, the backup, was in for Tulane. Yeah, and I saw a little bit of this game because it started at one thirty, and I saw probably the first half. I would say, and it was weird. I was sitting there with a bunch of friends in uh, one of the bars here, and Ole Miss scored in like two plays. I was like, "Good lord!" Like that looked easy, but then. Tulane kind of dominated for a while after that. They like, did. And Ole Miss, Ole Miss could not block for Jackson Dart. They couldn't get the run game going for Quinshawn Juggins. I mean, it was – I still think it was a good win for Ole Miss. I don't know for a fact that they would have lost, but I don't know that it would have been a seven – it was a weird 17-point win. That didn't feel like – you know, Ole Miss had well, a really – Well, they got that kick at, at the end to make it 10, and then Tulane's trying to make a play, so they throw it right to the person. So, I mean, yeah, I, I think that's more of like a seven-point win. That's probably what it feels like to Ole Miss. Just a great win over a ranked team. I mean, if you swap the Tulane – 22 Tulane for 22 Texas A&M, I bet Ole Miss is going, oh, man, we're feeling great. I think like that Tulane name, for better or for worse, even though Tulane's a – wicked loaded team this year i think they proved this week they are definitely the cream of the crop of the group group of five teams so yeah right one, Which we one did. thing i found the one thing i found noticeable when i was watching the game is in, in the off season for Ole miss people are given we're giving lane kiff and a lot of crap it's like why are you bringing in 
two like quarterbacks because they brought in Cunningham from Oklahoma State and they brought in someone else. I think I don't know where he, he was from. They brought in uh, Spencer Saunders from Oklahoma State. Spencer Saunders, not, not, not Cunningham. Spencer Saunders. Thank you for correcting me. Left hand up. Who are we, the Commanders? Left hand up for me. <laughs> That's on me. But <laughs> yeah, they they brought in those two players, and I think this is the kind of game where you saw. That's why Lane Kiffin brought a little competition because Jackson Dart, he seems like he has it, but then it's like, mm, he's like, you want him to do more. And he's just like, he's a good quarterback that you just want to be great. But right now he's just playing good. Right. Yeah. I don't, he's going to have to, if they want to do some real damage this year, he's going to have to step up and make, like, be the guy in certain moments. And he's been pretty lucky to where, you know, they have, Quinchon Juggins at Tank Bit or not Tank Bigsby. Uh, uh, the guy that transferred there from TC last year, Zach. No, he's in the pros now. Zach Evans went pro. Okay, yeah, Zach Evans was there last year, right? So he didn't have to, you know, throw for 350 or 400 yards a game last year. He could hand it off to those two, and he would could throw for 295, 310, so like smaller in today's college football so this year i think he will have to have a few of those games where he mm-hmm. puts the team on his back and makes plays but we did forget about one ring matchup and i only want to talk about it because all right let's get to the slate included... let's get to the slate baby texas a&m and miami yes. we forgot we forgot one more of their coaches we talked about obviously bobby the bike petrino Yep. We talked about Jimbo Fisher. Jim, Jim Bob Fisher, as I call him. Jim Bob Cooter Fisher. <laughs> and we talked about the uh, defensive coordinator from Maryland. Yes. Slash Old Miss, but we're not going to talk about him being an Old Miss. But I just realized today that guess who else coaches there for the offensive line? Don't, don't, don't tell me. Can I get two guesses? You have two guesses. My first guess is Tom Cable. <laughs> no. Um. Oh, don't tell me. Is it? Is it Muschamp? It is not no, Muschamp. He, he's at Georgia. He's defense. He 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 was it, at Georgia. He's at Georgia. No, this the coach now is. We have made fun of him before. He coached under Urban. He also coached at Boston no. College, and Colorado State. Don't tell me who I think it is. Who? Oh my gosh! What's his name? He, who is it? He, Steve Adazio, he rounds Steve out the four horsemen. Oh, he rounds out the four horsemen of the apocalypse. Can we get a graphic, Sean? If you're here, can we get a graphic on this? The four horsemen, of the apocalypse is Jimbo Fisher, Bobby Petrino, Steve Adazio. And who's the? I keep forgetting the guy that killed know, the kid out Maryland. I this always guy who killed kid out Maryland. Yeah, those are the four horsemen of the apocalypse that are going to bring death to the AM program. <laughs> Giving up 50 to Miami. Ah, well, yeah, that was another good game. Yes, there it is. Yeah. So, yeah, we got Petrino, Adazio, Jimbo Fisher, and their DC who killed a kid at Maryland. Um, perfect. Um, and there's one other game of the slate that I really want to get into in depth. Uh, was the Berkeley-Auburn game. Uh, I, I had a chance to go to it in, perf- uh, in person. Um, and if, if, if anyone who watches college football a lot knows that Cal is not the best team and Auburn is kind of like the, the at least the last couple of years, the Harson years has been the Cal of the SEC. So I, I saw some funny stuff in Berkeley and I, I, I wrote some of the stuff down that stuck out to me. So number one, I had a great talk with an Auburn professor who is from Berkeley and we bonded over Brian Harson. And then I started talking about Gus Malzahn with him and his wife <laughs> stated Gus Malzahn, great guy, used to support Auburn business. Was terrible what they did to him. That was that. That was a quote. Second off, I just want to say Cal had a what? It's a, it's a great campus at Cal. Um, and the stadium was packed. There was probably about fifty thousand people there for a Cal game. Which, if you know Cal games, they sometimes don't even get twenty five thousand people. So I, it was around fifty thousand. So that stadium was bumping for a Cal night game. Uh, this one was funny. Uh, so I was at the uh, tailgate at the practice field north of the stadium, 
and their athletic director gave a speech because how, how we got the tickets were through family friends and we got to go to this like separate like alumni like booster like tailgate for cal and the <laughs> the ad started talking and when they announced him there was one single guy <laughs> in <laughs> In like one of those free golden like Berkeley t-shirts that they give out. And they announce this Cal AD and he just goes, boo! And he's the only guy booing. And the Cal athletic director starts talking and he's like, you know, we did everything we could to keep the Pac-12 together. And everyone's like, oh yeah. And the guy who boos goes, no, you didn't. It's just him yelling. And then he goes, but we're so excited to join the ACC. And everyone gives a golf clap again. He goes, boo, as loud as he can again, does the double hand like that, and storms <laughs> away. Um, another thing I noticed, uh, is it uniform that every guy fan from Auburn who's over 280 pounds has to wear the Columbia PFG Auburn shirt? Yes. Me and my dad were talking. The, the sunglasses yep, look like yep. They had the sunglass connector PFG shirt. I don't know how much money Columbia makes at Auburn, but I wouldn't be surprised if I mean it was like it was it was it was, it was like it was required to become a fan. Like if you are if you are under a certain weight 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 limit, you wear this, and if you're over a certain weight limit, you wear khakis with the Sperry's with the Columbia PFG. Not that is that. Oh yeah, that's Aaron Rodgers and the War Eagle. They had a uh, bet. Aaron Rodgers is a Cal alumni. So he obviously lost a bet to his Auburn teammates. Um, and then well, I don't know about his... teammates after this year. His Achilles just got popped. Sad. But, um, uh, yeah, the funniest story of the weekend was when Auburn, the, it was a close battle the whole game. Cal was actually up the whole game. And the Auburn fans, they were nervous because they weren't talking as much as they were at kickoff. So they were nervous. And Auburn throws that touchdown at the end. And this old Auburn fan with a cane and a hat gets in front of a full cow section and just starts waving it. And he doesn't say a word. He's just waving it. And he won't stop. And at first it starts with everyone going like, oh, get out of here, man. Like, you suck. And then you hear one guy goes, get the fuck out of here. Get the fuck out of here. And it's just like, whoa, like, okay, like, relax. And then he's, he's still waving it after the extra point. <laughs> and this man, this Cal fan, who's about 30 years old, <laughs> uttered a phrase that I will never forget. He went, you keep waving that hat in my face. I'll take you from a cane to a wheelchair real quick, dude. <laughs> in I'm full serious. <laughs> because this Auburn fan was waving his hat in his face. And I, I started bursting laughing. My dad and my brother, the people in the row below us, just like couldn't stop laughing because it was like Auburn fan like relax like you guys were down all game now you're kind of like you're, you're an old man who's like rubbing in the face like settle down and then I was like Cal guy like you need to relax like you you're really gonna like beat someone up over like a football game like relax so that was my Berkeley experience and uh you spelled Berkeley wrong <laughs> just noticing oh. that oh no uh, you can tell that me and Zooch obviously did not go to Berkeley. We went to a state school. So right. that's our excuse. <laughs> oh, my goodness. What a show. What a show. Uh, let's get into some storylines for week three. It's not a great, honestly, slate of games. No, I, few... I noticed that, too. It, um, I, did, I, I don't think there's a ranked versus ranked matchup this week. I couldn't find one. There's a couple that were probably they were hoping would be ranked, like Tennessee, Florida, Georgia, yeah. South Carolina. They were probably hoping yeah. that those would be ranked. Uh, but yeah, there's not a ton of there's a lot of good games next week, but this week seems kind of like a throwaway week, I guess. It's probably yeah, why mean, the biggest storyline in... no, go. I mean, the, the, the biggest storyline for me it's honestly something that happened off the field. It's a, I don't know if you guys have heard, obviously, if you're watching this show, you probably are following sports. Mel Tucker, the coach for uh, Michigan yeah. State, was fired this week after um, alleged uh, sexual harassment. Um, we'll see how the details pan out. So my top storyline is how does Michigan State respond? Because I feel like with all that's going on with them that week, with that 
terrible situation if it's true, just Mel Tucker just thrown into the garbage if it's true. Um, but they're like, this is the week that you wish you had your FCS matchup if you're Michigan State. But they got to play what probably is the top passing attack in the country in Washington, who killed them last year, who's been killing teams this year, who's going in the East Lansing with a mission focused. I mean, Washington has playoff or bust, and they view Michigan as nothing but a Michigan State, nothing but a bump in the road for them. So I'm going to be interested to see how Michigan State responds and see if they can at least put up a fight or are they going to roll over. Yeah, that one's an interesting one too because that came out when I was watching that Auburn Cow game. I guess somebody tweeted about it, like breaking news, Mel Tucker, blah, blah, blah. And I was like, what on earth is going on here? Because it seemed like it came out of nowhere. And then like 12 hours later, he was fired, but then they didn't fire him because the investigation is ongoing. And yeah, a lot of it seems like if it's, this is something that's going to get messy. It's, this is something that's going to get really, really messy. And we're yeah, going to see it play out over the course money. of the next year. Yeah. yeah. The, the owed money thing makes it like fish. Like there's so many things about this that I'm just, it's, this is going to be, like a soap opera playing out and it's going to be really slow and painful and drawn out, but time will tell with this scenario. Time will tell. Yeah, exactly. So yeah, that was the biggest thing coming into this week. Just cause like we said, there's not a ton of like, there's a couple games that are I'm saving for our weekly segments, but I just can't really think of anything like Texas plays Wyoming, like Wyoming beat Texas tech. So maybe that one's, mm-hmm. A little close maybe texas has like a lackadaisical start but yeah it's a it's strange that it's week three and there's like it seems like there's meant to be good games like i said georgia south carolina tennessee florida usually those are those teams are always ranked at least at this point in the season but like florida with losing to utah and south carolina losing to north carolina both in week one kind of threw that under the bus but because Florida we'll see, State I mean, doesn't play Clemson till next week. This is the this is the week where you would expect like the Florida State Clemson to be like kind yeah, of a slow was, week with. But then yeah, it's this yeah this this week's been kind of as MJF would say mid. It's a mid slate this week. Very extremely mid. Ah oh well yeah so I'm gonna be tuned into that Michigan State Washington game just to see how the Spartans respond. Um, you are okay. I'm sorry. I have to say one more thing about this. You already know there's some Spartan alumni booster going. They're gonna bring back D'Antonio. They're gonna bring back D'Antonio. Well, he's already this, like doing like we're gonna bring him back, baby. We're gonna get Spartan football back. He's already helping the guy who they named the head coach. Yeah, he? yeah. He's he, like, he's already in the program. He'll be the AD there within like five years. He's like going on that Tom Osborne route where. <laughs> He like never truly leaves the program and like always has to have his input on it. And it turns into one of those things that, oh, you are a good football coach, but maybe you don't know anything outside of how to run an <laughs> athletic program besides, you know, coaching football and like making us good every so often. But I think I get it. Like he, I mean, Michigan, Michigan State's a weird, a weird program because they're always little brother to Michigan and Ohio State. But they've had like some really good years and really they made good the playoff. They, they, they made the forget, playoff. They made the playoff. It, so it's, it's so uh, funny. It's funny. The most funny thing about Michigan State to me is that they have a football complex named after Tom Izzo. <laughs> <laughs> they named it after their basketball coach. Tom, he, I will say that they, yeah, it's weird there because they have had a good football team, but. They've had a like I think it almost it doesn't hurt the football team obviously but having such a good basketball program like there was a stat at one point a few years ago where everybody who had played under Tom Izzo for four years had been to at least one Final Four and he started mm-hmm. there in the late nineties I think maybe he started yeah. there in the year two thousand but it was like six classes or something like that that every single person who had stayed all four years had played in a final four and you can't i mean mm-hmm. you don't get any better than that like maybe yeah, he doesn't have the national titles to back it up he has one but they're always a threat i guess so 
Mm-hmm. They're hey, just probably fun. looking forward to basketball season now. The hey, Spartans. I know it's a college football podcast, but same amount of natties as Calipari. So <laughs> it's just true. Hot seat. Who knows? <laughs> All right. Well, you want to get into the weekly segments? We do. All right. This is the meme matchup for week four. Uh, I think you went first last time with your meme matchup. I did. Um, I don't know. You, you might. I, I think I called last week. We might have the same one. I do think we might have the same one this week. And yeah. mine is Jason Eck versus the world. Idaho versus Cal. Oh, boy. We have Jason Eck. And if you know anything about Jason Eck, he is like if you put chat GBT in, hey, give me a good football coach who coaches in like a small college town. That's Jason Eck. And for much as I make fun of his appearance and how he's tweeting about, we need to, we need to, we need to find some players at Eagle, ha- hashtag Eagle High, at, when he's at Eagle High School or Rocky Mountain High School at 6 a.m. post in Twitter. He's a good coach. And Cal's offense didn't look good. I was at the game. Cal's offense didn't look good. This could be a defining win for the Idaho Vandals. I think the only thing that, that could have made this game better is if they were playing in the Kibbe Dome. Was that your me matchup or you got another one? That was mine too. Just all of the. That's to tell you how big of a meme matchup this is. When it's a double meme matchup, is this game on national television? I'm gonna look this up, and hopefully it is. It. Let's see here. I will be tuning into it. It's on the Pac-12 network, so. Oh, I'm West Coast. I can watch that. And I was seeing if there's a line for it, but I don't. I don't see one. The ESPN matchup predictor has Cal at a 95.6% chance of winning. So they have. Is, uh, is Cal's quarterback Ben Finley? Is he related to Ryan Finley? I think he so. Has but, to be. So the thing was in the game, they took him out the game. They're playing the TCU transfer now. Uh, I don't know what his has, name is. It has to, Ben Finley has to be his brother. They're both from Arizona. And Ben yep. Finley was at uh, NC State, so that has to be his. And he looks just <laughs> like him. I will say, yeah, Ben Finley is like long, like six four, two ten. Like that's the Ryan Finley build. Yeah, he'll Ben Finley will get drafted in like the fourth round by some. Like, <laughs> yeah, I don't he know. Will, like, he will make a total of like one million dollars in the NFL playing like three seasons. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, oh that's my gosh, my because I think that. I mean, Cal should win, but I could see this being like 24 to 21 going into the fourth quarter. And Jason X is going to have those fours up. He's, he's going to have his visor. He's going to get that hair perfectly pomaded back. He's going to be wearing the Matt Rule schmock. I'm telling you what, man, as much as I, I don't know who Idaho's quarterback is, but he's supposed to be one of the best in the FCS. And they got yeah, a I, first team uh, All American at receiver. Well, Idaho could guy, win this. Idaho Gio- could 100% win this. Giovanni McCoy, who it says his class is still a freshman, but that makes no sense because he's been there since 2021. <laughs> Maybe he's just broken the system. Excuse me, broken probably the red system. Sh- probably COVID. Oh, you know what? They're FCS, so he got the COVID year when they played in spring and the red shirt. Okay. So this is a, he's a yeah, red shirt he was- freshman. He had a good season last year. 27 touchdowns, 7 picks. This year he's off to a he's completing 72% of his passes for four touchdowns. So it could be a long night for Justin Wilcox in the game. If Justin Wilcox loses this game, you have to fire him. You you have to fire him. It, it's just it it's so funny to me that at one point Justin Wilcox was offered the Oregon job. Said no. And then Mario Cristobal took it. Mario Cristobal just beat a ranked team at the University of Miami, and now he's ranked going into ACC play. Justin Wilcox is still going 7-5, and five, playing in the Red Box Bowl every year. <laughs> yeah, he probably should have taken that Nike money when he got <laughs> the opportunity. Ah, Justin, Justin Wilcox. Justin, Justin. I, I feel like Justin Wilcox and Scott Frost would be friends. Did they oh, know they each other at Oregon different. when they were at Oregon? That, I'm sure they crossed paths. They just seem least. like the same person to me. Like they just seem like nice guys who like have a, a 
just a unrational emotional attachment to a school that that they want to help and it's just not a good fit but both sides want it to work so bad that they can't quit each other i think that's what the justin wilcox situation is turning into uh at cal but yeah that's a double me matchup right there it's gonna be a big one i'm gonna make sure to record it if you don't have pac-12 network uh, i'm sure the sickos committee will be posting on their twitter if this game gets close um, yeah, yeah I, let's I get to check out the highlights. <laughs> well, uh, let's get into the last segment, the uh, high low Buffalo and high low Buffalo this week. is going to be quarterback stocks after week two. It's been a lot of good quarterback play. There's been a lot of bad quarterback play so far this week. So we're going to be talking about which players have elevated their status since the beginning of the year, lowered their status and status. That's still kind of unsure. Zuch, do you want to kick it off with the oarsman? I will. And I think the high, to me, it's pretty obviously Shador Sanders. Mm-hmm. I mean, he had a great high. People, I was going to put him, but I figured that you were going to pick him. So I was like, Shit, I got to pick someone else, man. Yeah, he – his is weird because he was, like, pretty decently highly recruited. I mean, he wasn't he was as highly recruited. Yeah, yeah. yeah, like, as highly recruited as some other guys. But he is – with how he's been playing, he's – I said it the other day in the group chat, he's going to be, like, a top five pick. Like, I mm-hmm. still see some people who have him behind, you know, uh, Michael Penix. So that I kind of get, but I think he's overtaken a lot of Drake. guys. Like, yeah, like Drake May. Like, I think that. I think he's making a play for that second QB position hard. Like, yeah. I think it's Caleb Williams by a mile. And then it's like a group of like four guys who are battling for that spot. And there's also Pierre Shador Sanders. You're, you're, you're probably making a couple mil NIL. There's been reports. Mel Kuyper said if he waits one year and waits for Caleb Williams to get drafted, he will be the consensus predicted number one overall pick going into the 2025 draft. Right. And it's and it, he could just wait around. Like, you know, he'll have more players in there next year. He could even have a better season next year, depending on how this one ends. So that is... What he's done so far is he is now. I don't know. I think people who really follow college football knew who he was last year because of his dad. Now mm-hmm. I think he is kind of branching off a little bit. Like, I think you're starting like. Obviously, people knew Deion Sanders. People older than us really knew Deion Sanders. But I think you're really going to start seeing people in a Shador Sanders. Like, because Colorado jerseys look cool anyways, especially like the white ones. I think yeah. you're really going to start seeing people in those and he's going to start, you know, becoming one of those athletes that like a lot of kids see and like, Oh, I like him. Like how he plays, you know, he has mm-hmm. like the look of like, a he looks very marketable, I guess. Is what I'm he's got to the say. swagger, like, but yeah. then he's like, but then like, it's like, it's like he's a spitting image of Dion. Cause he has that swagger on the field like that cocky but like not like douchey like right it's, it's, it's not even arrogance because like when, when you when you hear him talk like he is very like self-aware like it's not like he's being super like oh look at me look at me he's so like yeah i know i'm good i know his team's good and we got a goal and how i do it is how i do it right and he's like i mean it. yeah it's he and the biggest thing i think is he's likable like if you even look at Deion sanders like i get how Deion sanders would put people off because he is brash and stuff. But like the video of Deion Sanders dancing with that old white lady in the locker room that he like, she let her do like the kickoff, like for the spring game and stuff. He, he will go into a community and it's personable within the community. And a lot of coaches aren't like that. Like they're, Mm -hmm. you know, you get some coaches who don't care about anything outside it. Like they'll say like, Oh, thank you whoever nation for coming out of the game and supporting us, blah, blah, blah. But he is like actually out in the community uh, doing stuff. Mm-hmm. All right. Birdie's trying oh. to make a. <laughs> you got a birdie appearance? All right. Yeah. Birdie. Hey, Birdie, you could probably catch better than the receivers at Nebraska. Don't worry with your. With <laughs> their paws. Yeah. What about All you? Right. Who is your uh, high for the week? So my high is actually a more dark horse high. 
It's uh, Cameron Ward at Washington State. I think this guy, oh, Cameron one. Ward, has played himself into being drafted. I think if you follow Pac-12 ball, you know Cam Ward, incarnate world transfer. Um, and he beat Wisconsin. I, I think that was like his coming out party. Is that I think the nation's starting to take notice that Cam Ward's legit. And a lot of good quarterbacks in the Pac-12, Cam Ward's right there with him. I mean, it's just a bummer. I, I think if Cam Ward was in a conference like the Big Ten, the ACC, I think he's top two, top top three quarterback. If you put Cam Ward in the Big Ten right now, I think he's probably the third or fourth best quarterback behind McCarthy. And then you, what, you got Drew Aller and McCord at Ohio State. Like Cam Ward would be – some some people probably say Cam Ward's a better college quarterback than even McCarthy. I mean, I looked up his stats – He's completing 70% of his passes. He's got five tutties to no interceptions. He's got a He's 150, 159 passer rating on the year. So watch out, Cam Ward. The, the Pac-12 is good this year, and I'm excited. Um, I guess I'll go with my low then, and I hate to do this because I am a Boise fan, and I do think it's going to get better. But Taylor Green, he was I don't want to use the – he's your low too, so we're double. Yeah. And I don't think Taylor Green's bad. I think Taylor Green's very good, and I think he's going to be a future drafted quarterback. He has, for whatever reason, whether it be offensive system, whether it just be, hey, we've played two really good teams, whether it be his top receiver getting hurt, has underperformed stat-wise and win-wise this year. I think if... Because, I mean, when you don't have good stats, but if he's winning, winning, it's kind of like the Jimmy G. It's like, ah, he's he's getting wins and all that matters. But if he, And if he was getting stats and, let's say, Boise lost to UCF, like, 42 to 35, it's like, well, Taylor threw for four touchdowns. Like, he's doing all he can, you know. But I just haven't seen that. And, I, well, no, I, and... I'm not putting too much on him because I think it's just he's it's just, the whole offense seems a little bit out of cahoots minus the offensive line so i think taylor green and i do expect him to be better but i take taylor green's my low he has underperformed his expectations he has underperformed and i said and got quite a bit of blowback from people coming in i said i think that at a lot of points last year once he came in to start for boise state we played a lot of bad teams that don't have great defense i mean Nevada, for example, is legitimately probably the worst team in Division One. They just lost to Idaho by like forty. But he had, you know, watch out, Nevada, watch out, Cal, Colorado, yeah, Colorado State, uh, North Texas wasn't that great. Like, there's nobody on the schedule besides maybe Fresno who kind of shut SDSU, him down. And those were two close, and, and those were his two close games was Fresno and SDSU. Yeah, and even the SDSU one, they ended up for some reason in the second half couldn't figure out how to stop a read option. That's basically yeah. all we ran in the second half. But I, like, said coming in, you know, I think he might struggle a little bit because he hadn't started a lot of games. He has another offensive coordinator, which will make three in a span of a calendar year, if you really look at it. Like, mm-hmm. he had Tim Plow, Dirt Cutter came in. Tim Plow. And now he has, now he has Bush Hamden. So that's three of those. And... I don't know. It's just like what he was never a guy who was really going to complete like 75% of his passes. He just never, even last year, he had a lot of games that, you know, was 60%. Like, I don't know how many games he had that were 70% high. That's just not, he's not like a dink and dunk type of guy. But this year, he has one pass of over 20 yards. And it was the Washington game, like midway through it. When, on that first touchdown drive Boise State had. So he does, you know, he's in the wheelhouse now. So you have to – you had a lot of hype coming in. People were really excited. He made some great plays last year, played really, really well for a redshirt freshman. But by signing these NIL deals and – all that kind of stuff. But now the, the pressure is on. You yeah. raise the expectations. No, you raise the expectations. You raise the expectations. So it's fair to me. Now you have to face the criticism. Last year, you you know, you didn't really get that much criticism in any of the games because you're a uh, redshirt freshman. You weren't expected to play, blah, blah, blah. 
now you have kind of whether willing like whether you thought about it or not when you take nil deals and are doing commercials about getting free trucks stuff like that then the pressure is on you and i think that's fair so i think that he does and like you said we played at least we know washington should be pretty good UCF, we'll see. I still think they'll be. I think they can win like nine games. I don't think. Yeah, be I think terrible. they're an eight-nine win team. I think but, this game, these next three games, are going to be very telling because you got an FCS team who you should whoop, and two FBS schools who, even though you're zero and two on paper, I mean Memphis, they might be underdogs by like maybe less than a field goal or do you think they'll be i don't think memphis is very good i think they'll be underdogs to memphis i'm not exactly sure who memphis i think memphis plays navy tomorrow actually so thursday because i think this will come out thursday maybe it comes out friday but memphis plays navy on thursday of this week i don't know who they play after that i think they'll probably be favorites memphis but we should be favorites over san diego state like yeah, like, probably so, the rest of our schedule, like the the, the rest of the Mount, Mount West, it should be fair. I think so. Depending on how, like maybe not at Fresno, Fresno that yeah. that line will be interesting, and we'll see with like how Air Force is at the end of the season. But I still think we'll be favorites there, even if we had a few losses and they only had like one. But yeah, you know, he isn't completing fifty percent of his passes. His Two of his three touchdowns are screens, I believe, to Ashton Genty, who's and that's back to your point of besides Ashton Genty, no one on the offense has really done anything. Like the O line has looked average, which if you're Boise State, you'd take after the poor O line played the last couple of years. But the old offensive line, the the O line looks fine, and Ashton Genty looks like a draft pick. So if your offensive line is fine and your running back looks like a draft pick. All that's left is the passing attack. Yeah, and, and I think that's it, where the criticism needs to come in. And like, like, like I said before, I don't think this is going to be tailing forever. But I think if he doesn't get it snapped around quick, it it might cost Andy his job. Like, yeah, if, if, if he doesn't get if he doesn't get it turned around, someone there there's going to be a change in the football program at Boise. And I was and I. I think he'll get better. I'm expecting him to kill it in Mount Mountain West play. But if he doesn't, oh boy. Oh boy, will the comments roll in. They will. And that's, you know, that's part of being the starter at a mm-hmm. at a place that people take, you know, football know, seriously. Or, yeah, they're not Alabama or Notre Dame, but it is this isn't the like a ad- this isn't a Cal Poly. Sorry. Sorry for the listeners who went to Cal Poly. This, this isn't a Cal Poly. This this ain't you know, this, this isn't even a San Jose State. Like, people care and are invested and donate exactly. money and fill out stadiums. like And get kidney stones because of the game. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that's funny, yeah. So, for, for, for those then, who don't know, Zooch got a kidney stone. Um, he had a kidney stone and partially was caused by the uh, electricity at Boise it was, State. It was a, ki- a kidney stone from a previous kidney stone experience that I was – foretold that it might fall off and start causing me pain and sure enough it came on monday and immediately when i woke up i was like i've quarreled with this before i know it's i know what this pain means but moving on to my buffalo this one was kind of oh my god sorry i almost just sneezed i whoever's watching on the video right now just saw the worst face ever (laughs) <laughs> oh my goodness someone like someone put pepper just up my nose whoa that was whoa i, I okay we're this this show's been all over the place <laughs> i really hope anyone listening. Oh, oh man i hope people who are listening are just doing it on the podcast and not watching the video and zeus just get to your buffalo let's get out of here man Shit. my buffalo which is this is a weird one because he has had a lot of hype but sam hartman is gonna is like an un, if Notre Dame keeps on that, like if they beat, they have a hard schedule. But if they win out, he, I think he might win the Heisman Trophy. Like if they went out and make the playoffs, Caleb, maybe. Yeah, C- Caleb, Caleb Williams, Williams and stuff. It's but, his until Utah. It, it, it's it's Caleb Williams Heisman until he loses a game because he's not going to play bad in a game this year. But it's literally his Heisman until 
he loses the game. But no, Sam Hartman, I mean, we talked about it in our sec- second show. He's He throws a pretty ball. He's playing well, man. Yeah, so it's it'll be interesting. We'll have to revisit these quarterbacks in what, like end of October, and see how they're really doing once they start playing a little bit more of the harder teams on their schedule. And same thing with like we went with the head coaches last week on High Low Buffalo. So it's going to be an interesting. We're almost a month, like after next week, we'll be three weeks in. So we'll almost be a month in and, or sorry, after this weekend, we'll be three weeks in. Yeah. So after next week, we'll be a month in and have, I think, a better idea of who's going to be good, who's going to be bad. We're still in that weird feeling out process now where like, Mm -hmm. yeah, Michigan should be good. Probably will be good. But also they played UNLV and East Carolina. So I'm excited (laughs) to get to where they're playing, you know, not that the Big Ten, for the most part, is good by any means, but teams more on their level. So, yeah, and uh, that's a very good point. It, a lot about these players and these quarterbacks will tell as the season progresses, as they play some stronger comp. Uh, my Buffalo is TCU's Chandler Morris. This is a person who is supposed to have a Max Dugan type year, and I think people. F- Looked at that Colorado game, especially me, and was like, man, this kid pooped the bed. Man, Chandler Morris sucks. And I don't think he's as good as Max Dugan. But he played well at always an FCS school. He played like how Chandler Morris was supposed to play, you know, 80% completion, couple touchdowns, you know, distributing it well, running that TCU kind of like semi-dink and dunk where it's a lot of screens, quick hitting, precision. And Chandler Morris... I think it, 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 this is this why he, he's my Buffalo because he could morph into what Max Duggan was, like this gamer who could ball out and do everything right. And I <laughs> can't believe I'm about to say this. I think he could also veer into Zach Maynard territory, if you remember him, where he's just kind of like the quarterback that like seems to have it all, but just like can't put it together and is just like they're an eight-win team. Like how Zach Maynard's teams used to be at Cal. Um, so that's why Chandler Morris is kind of in that middle spot for me. Like his season in Big 12 play could, I like, I, I wouldn't be surprised if he gets second team Big 12 behind Qu- Quinn Ewers. And I wouldn't be surprised if TCU at the end of the year goes, hey, we're going to have a quarterback, t- quarterback competition going in the next year. So I will see with Chandler Morris, son of Chad. Yeah. Son of Chad. Who he is, Chad Morris is somewhere, by the way. I can't remember where I saw this the other day, but he is doing some type of coaching role at God knows where, but he is back. Ah, speechless. Speechless. I mean, yeah. Chad, Chad Morris. I, I wish he was back. Him, Rich Rod, they're, they're a dying... Jim McElwain, they're a dying breed of college coaches, man. They're they... <laughs> They really are. That's just, it's just from another time. Okay. I'm, I'm going to end this. Oh, go for it. Go for it. It is the – that, like, kind of started getting famous from mid-2005 or the mid-2000s up until about 2015, like that 10-year <laughs> span of some of these people who got, like, yep, really good gigs, whether it be Butch Jones at Tennessee – Jim Mack I mean, shoot, Sonny Dykes was in this kind of like meme category until last year. Like <laughs> he was, he was, <laughs> and it's just like a hilarious like, and it all started with Charlie Weiss. Never forget that. It... Yet, oh my gosh! So that that was actually going to be the last thing I asked for the show. Would you rather, if you were a recruit, play for Charlie Weiss or Charlie Strong? <laughs> it would be Char- Charlie Strong. I I think Charlie. You couldn't Strong play for like... Charlie Weiss. No, I watched <laughs> what he did at Notre Dame, and I could like he. Charlie Weiss looks like if Rodney Dangerfield ate too many fried fish, ate too much fried yeah. fish. Well, That's what he looks and like. like. His Charlie Weiss Jr. Like I think Charlie Weiss is a is a good offensive coordinator. Was I mean maybe part of that was you know he played with Tom Brady or he got to coach Tom Brady when he was on Indianapolis or New England because. 
his stints at Kansas City didn't go that well. His stint at Florida didn't go well. His stint at uh, Kansas, the Jayhawks, didn't go well. Notre Dame started out okay, didn't end well. So I don't know, and I'm pretty sure he coached somewhere else as the OC, but I'm not sure. But, like, his son is the OC at Ole Miss, Charlie Weiss, or co-OC. I think Lane Kippen still does a lot of the – Come to the SIP. Play calling there. The lane train, it's, baby. I would have – like, if I was, like, looking at how both of their careers, I would have to go with Charlie Strong because yeah. – I think Charlie Strong kind of got done a little bit dirty by like I think maybe it would have came off the rails at Texas anyways, but mm-hmm. Texas was in that mode of like three years and you're done when yeah. they fired him and it didn't go that well for him at South Florida. I know he just got fired there not that long ago, but it got worse at South Florida after he left, so maybe mm-hmm. he wasn't the real issue. But it would have to, I would go with Charlie Strong just because he has he seems more motivating, I guess. That's fair. Well, for those who listened to the last couple of minutes, thank you for allowing me and Zuch to rant about non coherent stuff that has no real uh <laughs> no real push or pull into anything that happens in the modern day college football world. Uh thank you for listening. Zuch, you got anything else? Not much, just ready for this weekend to start, see how everything goes. I'm sure we'll have an upset or two that we'll be laughing about. We have to – I don't know who Nebraska plays this week, but I'm going to be keeping an eye out on that game to see how close it is for absolutely no reason whatsoever. Ah, all right. Well, thank you all for listening. Uh, we'll see you next week. And uh, Brian Ferentz, you better get those 25 points. Thank you, guys. We'll see you next week. Thanks, everyone. <laughs>